Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Imagine a portrait gallery approached you and wanted to capture your image for posterity. How would you like to be portrayed? What picture of yourself would you like others to see? And do you think that picture ties up at all with the pictures others have of you? How would you be in this portrait? Where would you be? What emotion, position, look would capture the essence of you? What would you like the picture to say about you? I'm essentially happy. I'm rather serious. I used to be thin. I love my garden. What would you want to hide? I've got big ears. I'm lonely. I'm ill. Would the portrait be incomplete if someone wasn't with you in the portrait? Or would, it look, or would it look at how you are without them? What colors would you want around? Where would the shading be? And then when you've got the portrait just right, would your friends recognize it? Would your work colleagues? Would the one you love most? What about those you don't get along with? How painful would it be to hand that picture over to the gallery and know that it will outlive you and that there will be so many things not said in it, thoughts, experiences, feelings not expressed there. After all this, you'll understand why Winston Churchill said he preferred painting landscapes to people because a tree never complained that he hadn't done it justice. If you're like me, you will find it hard to answer these questions. We can spend our lives so desperate to be looked at, and yet so terrified of being seen. Today is the day put aside in the church year to look at the portrait of God we call Trinity. To some extent, it's a bit of a self-portrait because we humans can't escape our humanity, our language, our limited brains. And therefore, everything we say about God will fail God's truth and reflect our own limitations and prejudices. If triangles believed in God, they would probably say she had three sides. That's why the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, says that we just have to continually ask ourselves, what is the least silly thing we can say about God? What is the least silly thing we can say about God? Because the seraph's live coal must be placed on the tongue of all theological speech so that the silliness can be burned away. And yes, in the portrait of God we have, you can detect the work of the artist very clearly. 
And yet, Christian life is taught that this is about the best portrait we have. It is a portrait of God that, like all knowledge of the sitting subject, comes from our lived experience, glimpses of truth, and not from complete understanding. In fact, what this Trinitarian portrait of God reveals is actually more God's portrait of us. Because first, when we say that we are, we say that we are created, that we are willed into being, that we are wanted, your life is a gift. Your life is an act of reckless generosity to which you are asked to respond with everything you have. Jesus said that we can be so sure of this that we can dare to call this creator father. For some, mother is better. So nurturing and protective is God. And it gets away from the idea that God is male. One of those bits of self-portraiture by a historically male-dominated church. But father, mother, like a good parent, God loves until it hurts allows freedom even if we walk away, suffers when his, her relationship with us is damaged. This portrait also teaches you that you are understood, that this creator isn't distant from you, but is alongside you, comes to hold you, even to save you from yourself and the damage you inflict on yourself and on others. God, as it were, has a body language known as Christ. We understand ourselves to be so deeply loved, like the parent who goes out into the night in search for the child who hasn't come home. God makes us a part of God's picture. God made you and then became you in order to understand you and love you from within. The last part of part of the divine portrait shows us that God breathes. God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you and creates community for you to grow and love in. We may feel that we are our own best resource and that life is a matter of survival of the fittest, but the Trinity picture shows not only that you are a gift, but that you can be a gift as others are to you. It also tells you that you are being upheld at each and every moment, and that fresh possibility, creative and life-giving, is the air we breathe when being painted by God. In art, the spirit is often depicted as a dove, warming you, softly breaking your shells, so that beautiful things can hatch, relentlessly and gently leading you into your future. It's difficult in some ways to understand why our Christian forebears spent such a long and argumentative time getting the doctrine of the Trinity in shape. Wars were fought over it. Heretics disciplined on account of it. It's not so difficult to understand, however, when we see the human implications of the doctrine, of the picture it holds up to us of human dignity, of our origin and our future. 
this is a portrait, not so much of who God is, but of how God relates to those God makes. God is beautifully and lovingly beyond, beside, and within. This portrait, the best as yet we have, shows a complex and beautiful truth to those who gaze on it. God's glory is magnetic, an invitation into mystery, and like arms stretched wide, an outpouring of delight and compassion. Our Christian vocation in response is to look and to love. Amen.